throw will stay on his feet. Some nifty moves. How about this run from Granger? He'll have a first down at the sixth occurrence. Quick shot left side. There's Malachi Coy. First guy misses. Second guy misses. Across the 50. Flag in the play. He's free. Bye-bye. Malachi Coy. Up to the races as they set up for the race. 94 yards and a cloud of dust for Western Kentucky. State team that won 12 games a year ago. Got the Mountain West Championship game. To get off the bat in their season, their conference opener, but it's Genty who slips the tackle, runs upfield, Ashton Genty, touchdown! We'll first down to 10, looking for that end zone, he's got Harvey, and that's a catch for a touchdown! Old Dominion breaks the ice with 7.05 to go here in the fourth, and Javon Harvey holds in touchdown number two on the year. The G5 Hive. All G5. All the time. Hello and welcome to the G5 Hive. We're live to you tonight. Uh, we've got episode four for us tonight where we aim to bring you all of the honey and goods on G5 college football. Justice, me. What's up, Justice. Not much, man. Just uh, been watching some Monday night football. Some uh, a lot of injuries tonight to the running backs. You know, there that, have been that Nick. There have been a lot of injuries. There have been a lot of injuries just in week two in general. You've got jo- Joe Burrow with the calf. Uh, you've got I think Calvin Ridley had a, like a bruise or like leg bruise. You got. Um, Saquon out a couple weeks yep. with a sprained ankle. Yep. There's just been kind of a lot of them piling up here in week week two. That Chubb injury was pretty gruesome, though. That was pretty gruesome. Yeah. I saw one I saw one video of it and I didn't need to see any more. Yeah, that could be a could be a career ender for him, sadly. So I've been pretty busy. My my oldest had some football tonight and then went to the gym afterwards. So it's been a busy, busy Monday night here. Yeah, I spent most of my day scoring uh, college IDP for like <laughs> how many leagues did I do today? One, two, four, five leagues, I think. So uh, yeah, <laughs> fun times, fun times. I'm sure your league mates appreciate that because that's uh, not easy, not do. easy work. No, I, I built a tool to to help do it, but it still, it probably still takes me a good, I don't know, forty five minutes a league, even with my tool, just to kind of organize it the way it needs to be organized and all that kind of stuff. But otherwise, I mean, without that tool, it would take me literally um, weeks. <laughs> it would take weeks. It would it would take me probably two ish hours a league at least. Gotcha. Um, I've done it. I did it before, like two years ago, and then last year I was like, "Hey, I, I'm I'm not doing this again." I'm you know got spending eight hours, but you know just sitting there hand scoring IDP, you know using a spreadsheet, but still having to look up every single stat. And so, um, last off season I built something to uh, automate the process as much as possible. Well. That's our intro. That's that's all we got today. 
Sorry for being kind of boring for you guys here, but we're going to give you what the Swarm needs to know, our news and notes here from around the G5. And I want to start it off with some news that broke today. Army has agreed to extend Coach Jeff Monken through 2027. The new deal will pay him on average more than $2 million annually. So he's been making uh, – he's had several eight-win seasons here and making bowls and – they just had a, a pretty good win last week. Um, so I think good good fit there for Army extending Coach uh, Monken. Any thoughts or opinions on that, Justice? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as far as triple option coaches go, he's he's one of the best. And, you know, there really aren't many anymore. I mean, Monken used to be at um, Georgia Southern, and that's kind of where, like, I really knew him from back when uh, ODU and Georgia Southern were in the uh, FCS, uh, we, we played them in the playoffs two years in a row. And that was, that was in the Taylor Heineke days. And um, those were some very exciting and fun games. Neither team played defense worth a lick. And um, it was literally whoever had the ball last won the game because, you know, it was just, if you're a fan of offense and scoring it, that's what it was. You know, they couldn't stop the passing attack of ODU and Heineke, and ODU couldn't stop the rushing attack of Georgia Southern. So, um, unfortunately for us, Georgia Southern came on the better end of both of those games. But, hey, it was exciting exciting stuff. Well, tale of two Georgia Southerns, now they pass the ball a whole bunch. Yeah, absolutely, so. absolutely. There aren't, there aren't, other than the, I mean, I can't really think of any other, like, triple option teams other than the, the service academies anymore. Yep. I think that's about, that's about it. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's some, maybe an FCS, but there's no more FBS teams that are running it. Yeah. Um, you, you talked about ODU segue right into our next point. Harvey rebounds after only playing on one punt coverage snap in week two. Uh, were you at the game this week? I was, I was at the game. Um, so, I was really nervous at first because I believe the first series Harvey wasn't out there. And then um, I saw him out there on a punt coverage team again. And I'm like, Oh crap, here we go again. He's still in the doghouse. Uh, but then, uh, then they put him in on offense and he definitely announced his presence. Um, he had like three catches for like 169 yards, I think. Um, and a touchdown. Um, yeah. He, he's, in my opinion, he is he's clearly the most talented receiver on the team. However, they are intent on rotating wide receivers. So um So don't go out and put them in your lineup is what you're saying. Unless you're in a best ball league, I just don't really know how you're gonna start him on a weekly basis. I mean, it'd have to be like a you know, a sunbelt only league or something, because it's just I just don't know. I mean, like I said, talent's there. He is their best receiver, in my opinion. But if they're going to rotate like they have been, you know, all season, then um, I just don't know how you're going to trust them. Um, I mean, in all honesty, though, he should have had, I would guess, five. He should have had five catches, and he would have gone well over 200 yards. Um, he dropped the pass in the, either the third or fourth quarter that would have been a touchdown. And then he was wide open on a play and Grant Wilson, and he and it would have been like a 70-yard touchdown pass. 
and Grant Wilson overthrew him by five yards. So he would have had a heck of a day. um, Yeah. But, you know, he's not out there on every offensive series. They they rotate the receivers a lot. So just keep that in mind. I know um, a lot of people, I feel like, went out on waivers and picked him up this week. And, uh, you know, they they play um, two things. They play Texas A&M Commerce this week, right? Well, that's an FCS team, a team fairly new to FCS. And it wouldn't shock me that you see even a more of a rotation, right? They get to a big lead. They kind of rest their players a little bit. Um, They've had a pretty tough schedule so far playing Virginia Tech, uh, Louisiana, and Wake Forest. And then they got, you know, conference play starting up the next week. And so I I wouldn't ex- – it wouldn't surprise me if it's a heavy rotation, even heavier rotation this week. And, and the other thing is the weather this week um, for the ODU game is not supposed to be pleasant. Uh, it's supposed to be tropical storm rain uh, left over from that storm all day Saturday. So – that could have an impact on the game as well. Maybe bet your unders. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got uh, some injuries that happened that we need to talk about. So FAU quarterback Casey Thompson left with a leg injury in the second quarter. Uh, turns out he tore his ACL, so he will be out for the season. So I guess Daniel Richardson's the starting He's quarterback the guy. now. He is the guy. Um We'll see how that plays out. I really liked what Casey Thompson brought to the team. Um, I don't know if it'll be a one-for-one replacement, but FAU was putting up some points. So yeah, Yeah, and uh, Lejante Wester was you know looking pretty stout. So hopefully Richardson uh, keep getting him the ball. Then Tulane, no Michael Pratt here in week three. There are rumors about a twisted ankle. There was rumors about a torn. MCL. If it was an ankle, I would expect him to play. Just kind of stay in the pocket. Torn MCL. I can see him not playing at all. Doesn't play at all. I'm on the side of it's probably the torn MCL. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hopefully, one day soon we'll we'll get injury reports, right? Kind of like um, the Big Ten, like the Big Ten puts out every week. I think. Uh, Eventually, we'll get there. One day. And then we've got Liberty. Von Blue, uh, the notable freshman, was carted off. He landed on his shoulder and will be out, quote, a little while. So I don't know that you were necessarily uh, banking on him this year, uh, kind of a stash for next year, but uh, well, definitely yeah. had some explosive plays here and there. So, and, and they, I think, you know, it, it, the, the Liberty RB room with Vaughn Blue, uh, Quentin Cooley, and Billy Lucas, you know, um, Chadwell does like to spread the ball around. So that probably just means more carries for Lucas and uh, Cooley. Then we've got UTSA, no Frank Harris, and DeCloran Clark supposedly dress. Uh, dressed but still did not play. So UTSA has not been looking great this uh, season. The Roadrunners have not been, what do you say, beep beep uh, this year. No, you're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got Ball State, just notable that Brady Hunt is still out. So 
Koziel is uh, still the guy while Brady Hunt is out. UConn quarterback Joe Fan, uh, was it Fangiano? Uh, we'll have that. we'll have shoulder surgery, so he's going to be out for the year. And then South Alabama Devin Volson done for the year with the torn ACL. So, uh, so that, Colin Lacey, fire him up. Call, Yep, and we'll talk about him a little bit later. Uh, we've got UL Monroe, Ben Wooldridge, who's been a staple, a part of our uh, quarterback talk this year. He got injured early in the game, and Zion Chris came in and did pretty well. And, and Chris and, is a true freshman, I believe. So something to monitor there because Ben Wooldridge is throwing the ball a lot um, and throwing for a lot of yards. So, um, again, not sure it'll be a one-for-one, one, but you might get the volume there. And Chris might be a little bit more mobile than Woldridge. So something to uh, take a look at. Um, the LaTeX quarterback situation, Hank Bachmeyer had a pretty significant shoulder injury in the game against North Texas, and Jack Turner came in to replace him. And I thought he looked, you know, decent at least, right, at least capable. Um, so... I would expect him. He's gonna you know, have to start for a uh, for a few weeks. And LaTeX was throwing the ball around pretty pretty good here lately too. So something to keep uh, an eye on. Uh, then we've got Middle Tennessee. Frank Peasant did not play on Saturday. Uh, did not hear as to why, but something to monitor. Slash, if you want to play him for whatever reason this this week, uh, hasn't really shown much yet. But they've been playing up if I do recall correctly. Um, Central Michigan quarterback Burt Emanuel sat out week three. They said it was due to an illness, so something to monitor going into this next week because we got some action starting up. Then we've got North Texas. You're going to have to help me with this name. Ikeka Ragsdale. Ragsdale, yeah, out for the Uh, season. He's out for the season, and Chandler Rogers took all the snaps. Uh, in week three here at quarterback, which is uh, different. Yeah, I, I expect um, Ayo Adie, uh the running back, to kind of be the, the beneficiary there uh, for North Texas. Um, and, I mean, he's probably – he was already pretty productive, but it just kind of removes one of the backs out of the committee there. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you're desperate for a running back and uh, – He's available, you know. He he might he might uh, get some more carries in that offense with the with the injury to Ragsdale. Then we've got Southern Miss running back Frank Gore Jr. suffered a foot injury in the game versus Tulane this week. So again, something to monitor this weekend. And we finally got a little bit of closure, I guess, with San Jose State's wide receiver Justin Locker. He's out for the season due to an arm injury, so it probably was a fracture. He had that cast on, so it probably wasn't one of those precautionary things. It was probably broken, broken hand. Or yeah, it's like why did they take so long to tell everybody? Right, everybody knew he was when it was in a cast, and so. Um, then a couple just things to be aware of: uh, Wyoming running back Harrison Whaley made his season debut for Wyoming. Uh, 18 carries for 110 yards and one touchdown against Texas. So talk about starting the season off with a bang. Somebody that we will touch upon later in our uh, running back. 
Yeah. Um, also, Wyoming Wyoming started uh, quarterback Evans of Aboda. Yep. Um, and he looked. Shul- I think it was a shoulders injury there with, for their with Peasley. Um, yep. You know, I know um, from uh, talking to some beat writers for Wyoming in the preseason when I was writing a team preview in Wyoming, um, that they, everyone was pretty high on Evan. And uh, so it's good to see him get a chance. And, and you know, it wouldn't shock me that while Peasley's out, that he kind of takes that job and runs with it. So um, I don't want to, like, pump the kid up too much, but they were – they were pretty much saying like they felt like he was the most talented quarterback they've had since Josh Allen. So that's pretty, that's pretty high praise. Not, you know, not, not saying that he's going to be the next Josh Allen, but you know, from a passing standpoint, they thought he was much more of a, he was a much better passer than Peasley. And then Fresno state, uh, Sherrod came back and split reps with Gilliam. We talked about it here right away that, uh, Sherrod was hurt. So Gilliam got, all the run there, and it was something as a watch out as a lot of people grabbed Gilliam as he's been a workhorse back there for Fresno State. So something to monitor. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I don't know. I'm. I'm thinking maybe it is Gilliam's job, uh, but I guess we'll see moving forward. Uh, one thing I didn't know and learned today is Gilliam's not even on scholarship. So, yep, uh, I'm sure he is earning a scholarship this. You know, after this season. Yes, for sure. Um, let's see here. What other news do I have uh, here? We've got East Carolina quarterback change, Alex Flynn, uh, but he did not look too great. East Carolina just. No, nah, he threw three picks. Um, and he came out of the game, and then they put Mason Garcia in, and Flynn came back in. But I don't know. Um, at some point, I wouldn't be shocked if they throw true freshman Raheem Jeter out there. Um, he was he was a high you know he was a high recruit for East Carolina, um, and if and if Flynn and Garcia aren't going to get it done, they might throw the true freshman out there and just kind of see what he's got. You know, at least they know what they got going going forward. And then a big piece of news here: Utah State announced that freshman McKay Hillstead is the starting quarterback this week, taking over for an ineffective Cooper Lagasse. Uh, I mean Lagasse and. Uh, why am I Vaughn had a pretty Vaughn. nice, had a pretty nice connection. Granted they weren't deep. He was getting a lot of, um, a lot of targets, a lot of targets. So I am cautiously optimistic. Um, we'll, we'll see. I mean, Hillstead threw three touchdowns this week. So, so it is something, something to, uh, take notice of. I mean, you got, uh, Mountain West play getting going. So, uh, should be should be fun here with with those conference games. Then we've got our G five over P five games. We've got Miami of Ohio over Cincinnati. Still getting used to Cincinnati not being in the G five. Uh, Thirty one to twenty four in overtime. Uh, I think everybody in chat rooms that I was a part of was, hey, uh, oh, what was the why am I blanking on his name? The wide receiver there that oh been, Gage Gage Larvadan. Gage Larvadan. Everyone's been like, oh, where's he? He had that one first play from scrimmage or whatever it was, where he had a long touchdown and was pretty quiet the rest of the game. Um, 
but uh, here with the action starting, I don't worry, don't yep. worry. <laughs> he will, he will bust out. He will. Then we've got once again. And then we've got uh, Ohio over Iowa State, uh, ten to seven. That's the controversial game, right? That's the they called a field goal bad that was actually good. Like I don't know how you, I don't know how you messed that up. Yeah. So I I had a quad box on and I I didn't hear. I saw the replay and saw that they made it and they went to a commercial break and they came back and Iowa State had the ball on their own twenty. So there must be some sort of rule that because they reviewed it and then they threw two pass plays and scored a touchdown. So instead of it being 10 to three Ohio's ball coming back from break, it was 10 to zero Iowa state's ball. And then in two plays, they scored a touchdown. So it was 10 to seven. So I don't know. I just don't know how like a referee, how, how you don't, I don't know how you missed that. Yeah. Um. Then we've got South Alabama over Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State go cycling through their three quarterbacks like a hockey shift. Doesn't seem to uh, work for them against South Alabama here. As I, I mean, we're we're here to talk about G five, but I don't know what Oklahoma State's doing. Yeah, this is like two years in a row where they haven't looked that great, right? Not uh, you know, not what we're used to under uh, a, a Gundy offense, anyway. Yeah, you know, and and got- they paid they paid South Alabama like $330,000, something like that, and uh, and took the loss, right? So good on South Alabama. Not only did they get paid, they got the win too. Well, hopefully they stayed in a nice hotel. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so UNLV gets a win over Vandy, 40-30. to 30. That was a, a fun game to watch. I watched a little bit of that. It was uh, – And uh, didn't um... – Brumfield, oh, uh, got, Brumfield hurt. got hurt, right? And then Ma- yeah. Maya Villa came in. So yeah, that was one that we missed there at the beginning. He yeah, he got landed on, uh, kind of drove his right shoulder into the ground. Um, Fresno State with a win over Arizona State, twenty nine to zero. Arizona State like sat everybody, said they were hurt. Um, yeah, so it was what Pine and Borgay Borgay played. Yeah, uh, neither looked great. Uh, not G five, but FCS Sacramento State beat Stanford thirty to twenty three. Uh, not great, not great there, Bob. Not great there. No, it's like the, the you know the the uh, the old head coach lost to his former team. So, mm-hmm. and then we got some oh so close this week. Uh, Colorado State. Everyone's talking about Colorado, but Colorado State takes Colorado to double overtime. Honestly, they should have won the game. And they honestly, I think they the should have gone for two after they're in their first overtime. Um, first overtime. I'm also convinced that um, Coach Prime does not know the rules of overtime because they won and decided to take the ball. Uh, usually you go on defense. And so that was one thing that confused me though, because I thought whatever you picked the first overtime, then it flipped flipped. Is that not the rule anymore? No. So it's, you get the choice. So, um, Colorado got the choice. They chose to take the ball first. So then the second one, second overtime is now Colorado state's choice and they chose to play defense. Okay. 
So you do gotcha. alternate, but you alternate people picking. You alternate yes. choice. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. And typically you're going to play defense. So I am convinced yeah. that Coach Prime did not know the rules or any of the players because I don't know why you would. I mean, I guess they're rolling. Maybe they wanted to keep it going. But anyways. I mean, the, the game should never went to overtime. Colorado State should have won that game in regulation, in my opinion. But. And then Old Dominion almost knocked out, knocked off Wake Forest, twenty-seven to twenty-four. What was it like to be there in that second half? I mean, they were cruising. It was brutal. In the first it was one, brutal. Um, you know, I was. So many people were pissed off. I, I wasn't actually really that mad because, uh, you know, I didn't didn't expect them to have a chance to win the game, right? Uh, so, I was I was. Super encouraged by how well the defense played in the game. The defense played light years better than they did the two the two previous weeks. Um, but in the second half, the Wake Forest adjustments on defense, like we had no answer. Um, I believe we had something like twenty four total yards of offense in the second half. Yeah, it was. It was not. It, very it good. was. It was bad. Now, again, like I said, we had. We did have two, you know, Harvey dropped a touchdown, and then uh, Wilson overthrew Harvey on what would have been a touchdown also. So, I mean, they could have and should have should have won the game, but, but man, um, it, was, it was a brutal second half. The offensive line couldn't block. Uh, Wake Forest had 10 total sacks in the game, um, and the majority of those were in the second half. Um, on one on the on the game winning touchdown for Wake Forest, it was a sack and Grant Grant Wilson fumbled, and they got the ball to like the eight yard line, and then later they they scored later. That would end up being the difference in the game. Um, ODU missed two field goals in the game too, so um, it was encouraging and then frustrating at the same time, just from a standpoint like that they should have won the game, but it was encouraging yep. that they played so well against the ACC schools. So, well. That does it for our sweet nectar this week. Or no, that's our topics. What am I talking about? I don't even know what I'm talking about here, Justice. That's that's what the swarm needs to know. We'll get to the nectar here soon. Yes. But we've got our uh, players of the week. So I chose. So if you're you know listen to it on a podcast tomorrow. Go back and, and check out some of the graphics Justice has put together. But my player of the week here was Darren Granger from Georgia State. Uh, they pull out a 41-25 to 25 win over Charlotte. He had 466 yards passing and three touchdowns, along with 23 on the ground and one touchdown. So pretty nice showing there for Darren Granger, and he's been pretty accurate. Not too many uh, incompletions this year. Uh, I think he's got a quarterback rating around like 180, 184, something like that. No interceptions, knock on wood. Uh, Playing great football is Darren Granger right now. Yes, yes, he is. Uh, He he did very well for me in a couple leagues where I started him. So he had like 40-some points, I think. Fantasy. Shut Shout out Darren Granger. All right. So uh, my player of the week, also a quarterback, was Caden Salter, uh, number seven for the Liberty Flames. 
They beat Buffalo this week, uh, 55 to 27. He had five, uh, 344 yards passing, five passing touchdowns to go along with 66 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown. And in most of my leagues, he was in the 50-point range. Um, and most of those points were on my bench. I don't think I started him anywhere. I, I didn't have the – I might have started him in one spot, but uh, other leagues where I have him, I, I didn't start him. Um, instead, I, I – Shame on me for starting Tyler Shook and Donovan Smith, who combined Oof. combined got me like a whopping uh, 15, 16 points, something like that. It was bad, but yeah. Houston's been rough, and, and Texas Tech has been rough. Yeah, but Caden Salter, man, had, had a monster game this week. Uh, and, and we talked about him last week on the show that, you know, that, you know he, he's not necessarily getting the volume, but he's being super efficient. And – the Liberty schedule is it's it's soft. super easy. Charm, charm and soft. It is charm and soft. And so, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, Salter is kind of uh, this is kind of like, you know, a preview of things to come for the season for Salter. Yeah, and if you need help with uh picking quarterbacks, there is a podcast and YouTube show called the G five hive that talks about all G five guys. So you don't have to worry about starting those power five guys, Justice. That's right. That's right. I should, I should, <laughs> I should uh, you know, should listen to my own advice sometimes, I guess. But uh, I, I don't think you have to worry about me starting Donovan Smith over Caden Salter anymore the rest of this year. Absolutely not. Now we're going to get into the nectar or the good stuff here. Uh, that is week three uh, in review and where we, uh, Kind of our quarterbacks here is what Justice is going to talk about. And we've got our buckets. We've got our top 20 players in attempts. And then we look at the top 20 in yards per game. And if they hit both of those buckets, these are the guys that give you those volumes and the yards, which will get you points. So these are the guys that if they are not rostered in your league's uh, you need to pay attention to. Otherwise, if they are rostered, and maybe you have some of them, these guys are uh, plays that you need to play each week. So um, unlike previous weeks, I'm not going to regurgitate all these statistics to you. So hopefully, uh, you know, if you're listening on YouTube, I mean, I'm sorry, listen on podcast, go back and find our YouTube uh, or Twitter video. And, you know, we have graphics that show all the stats, the rankings, et cetera. Um, I'm just going to spend a little bit more time talking about the actual players themselves. Um, so for quarterbacks, you know, we're looking at volume. So we're looking at two things here um, and that these guys are the top 20 in attempts per game and yards per game. If they check both of those boxes, then they make this list and, and we bring them to you each week. Um, number one, um, he hasn't been number one all season, um, but Certainly someone that I would have expected to be number one before the season started, and that's Davis Bryn, Georgia Southern. As, as we talked uh, previously, you know, they've gone from a uh, triple option, run the ball all the time offense, to a uh, spread them out, throw the ball all the time offense. And, uh, you know, he, he's number one in attempts, second in yards per game. Um, and with, with conference play starting up, you know, and, and them not playing any more uh, Power 5 schools, I just expect that trend to uh, to continue and, and be 
you know, on the up and up for, for Georgia Southern. Uh, the next guy up is Mikey Keene, Fresno State. Uh, second in attempts, third in yards per game. Um, he's looked outstanding for Fresno State. Kind of just stepped in right where where Jake Hayner left off. Um, I know a lot of people were preseason. There was some skepticism whether he was actually even going to be the starting quarterback. But I think he's you know more than answered all those concerns, and uh, you know he'll be their starter moving forward. Um, teaming up with uh, Eric Brooks there in Fresno State. Uh, next up, this guy kind of dropped a little bit from previous weeks, um, but they played Oregon, so that should have been expected. Um, I know I set all my Hawaii shares this week just because of the tough matchup, uh, but Braden Shager, Hawaii, he's uh, third in attempts, seventh in yards per game. Um, he very well could be number one. Now they're getting to Mountain West play. Um, I expect that run and shoot offense just to continue clicking, um, and, and he's he's probably a start from here on out. I'm I am starting him up this this week in several leagues. The they play New Mexico State, I believe, this week. So I will be firing up my shakers shares. Uh, next up, uh, Cole Schneider, Buffalo. Um, the team has it. They're one of the winless teams, I believe. I think there's like seven or so winless teams in all of uh, FBS. Buffalo is one of them. Um, but, you know, not having such a great year, that's certainly led to more volume for Buffalo, um, and I expect that trend to continue. Uh, Cole Schneider's fourth in attempt, 16th in yards per game. Um, and with Maction, they're going to need to score to keep up with these other teams. Um, we've talked about this weekend, the last two weeks with this guy, uh, Jacob Zeno at UAB. I'm really shocked kind of like that he is there, but you know, new head coach, new offense. Um, and, and, and they're kind of, they're, they're slinging it around, man. He's fifth in attempts and he's the top G five, uh, quarterback in terms of yards per game. Um, and you know, see if that continues as they move into, uh, to conference play. Um, another quarterback that kind of took a hit this week because they played a, uh, a power five school, and that's Austin Reed, Western Kentucky, um, where they played uh, Ohio State this week. But he's sixth in attempts and 10th in yards per game. Um, Austin Reed and Western Kentucky, much like Liberty, are in Conference USA, which is, in my opinion, the weakest conference in the G5. And so those guys are going to eat. Uh, moving on, uh, moving, you know, throughout the rest of the season. Uh, next up, EJ Warner at Temple, seventh in attempts, 13th in yards per game. Um, Temple's kind of picked up where they left off, you know, just slinging the ball all around. Um, not necessarily uh, great results in terms of wins there, but, you know, great for fantasy owners. Um, and, uh, and, 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 you know, EJ Warner owners, uh, David Martin Robinson, Ahmad Anderson, Dan Dante Wright. Uh, next up, Preston Stone, SMU, uh, ninth in attempts, 11th in yards uh, per game. Um, SMU, we know SMU likes to air it out. Um, Preston Stone's kind of been the most valuable piece, I think, of that offense as they spread the ball around a, a whole lot to the receivers. Uh, Curly did get a couple touchdowns this week. Um, but he still didn't have a lot of catches. So um, if you're looking for some uh, piece of the SMU offense, Stone is definitely the, the man to own. 
Uh, next up, a new a new quarterback to the list. I think he was maybe on the list week one, and he dropped off last week, but he's back on the list, and that's uh, Gunnar Watson at Troy. Uh, ranks He's 11th in attempts per game and 18th in yards per game. Uh, next up, uh, I actually watched this guy play this past week, and um, – he he got he got hit a lot in the in the game against Navy and that was that's Seth Hennigan for Memphis. Um, he is ranked does rank 13th in attempts and 12th in yards per game. Um, we'll see if they can keep that up as they move into American Athletic Conference play. Um, but they, they got to they got to do a better job of protecting Hennigan or you know he's going to get hurt. Yeah, it was also, I mean, a a rough game to watch. I thought they should have won. Or no, they did. They ended up pulling it out. They just didn't cover my money line bet. That's what it was. Um, but yeah, Memphis has just been fun to watch on offense. They um, have been. The one thing that um, the one thing that was very clear to me in that game is that Blake Watson's their best offensive player, um, and the, you know he he's done he's done a whole lot with very few touches. And I just feel like they they've got to. They've got to get him more touches than they than what I feel they've like been doing. I feel like they're starting to realize that because you know the first few drives of that game, he got he got in there and they threw the ball a lot to him and like that first drive they just marched down the field and scored a touchdown and then they went away from him for like three four drives before getting back to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ho- hopefully moving forward, I mean he, he's clearly their best weapon on on offense. I feel like. Um, all right, next up uh, is a new guy, a new quarterback to the list. And um, if he's available in your leagues, I, I'd go scoop this kid up. He uh, He's playing in a Jay Norvell offense, and and quarterbacks have been known to produce um, pretty uh, pretty big numbers in that offense. And that's Braden Fowler, Nicolosi. Um, he took over for Clay Millen. Um, and I thought he looked really good in the game. Um I, I was very impressed with him. I think um, I think Clay Millen's days at Colorado State could be done, or at least his days as the starter. Um, maybe he – well, I guess he can't really transfer. He has to sit out, right, because he, tra- he already uses one time transfer him yep. from Nevada. Yep. So um, maybe he'll hit the books really hard and become a grad transfer. I'm not sure, but he, he looked much better. Nick Nicolosi looked much better than I had seen Millen look in that offense. And so it, it's his team moving forward, you know, in my opinion. And shout out. I mean, we didn't give him player of the week, but Torrey Horton, I mean, everybody knew he was getting the ball and he still got the ball. Uh, yeah. Yes. Pretty crazy game. Yes. Um, and then the last, the last guy that was in the top 20 in both attempts and yards per game. And th- this one is shocking, right? Because, it's it's Florida International Keon Jenkins, uh, freshman at freshman at Florida International, um, and you know he's got that offense humming. And you know Florida International, I would have said like is one of the worst teams in in, in all of FBS. And and Jenkins, it's amazing what a good quarterback can do for a team. But he's twentieth in attempts per game, but fifth in uh, in yards per game. So. Um, Excited to see what he can do. You know, he also they play in Conference USA again. That's a fairly weak conference, and so 
Um, you know, if Jenkins is available in, in, in a league, you know, and, and it's a fairly deep league, uh, you know, he's got in its dynasty, he's got, uh, you know, several year years, of three more. So, um, yeah, definitely someone, I, you know, I might be interested in, especially if, you know, I need some help in that quarterback room. And that's, uh, those are our quarterbacks that uh, check the two boxes for um, 20 attempts as well as uh, top 20 in attempts and top 20 in yards per game. It was only, there was only 12 quarterbacks this week. Last week it was 15, but we did have the, the three new guys this week in Gunnar Watson, Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, and Keon Jenkins. All right. Well, I will take over the running backs. So again, we're looking at volume. Touchdowns aren't a sticky stat, but you can count on volume. So if you are getting, uh, again, same concept, top 20 in touches per game, so your rushes and receptions, and then top 20 in total yards per game, that means you're getting us points. So if you're in top 20 in those two buckets, you make the list. So we've got two new guys to this list from last week, but – We've got Rasheen Ali from Marshall taking um, – and how I have these, if you're watching in YouTube, I have these ranked based off of um, – so you see that the touches don't go in order. It's then based off of uh, fantasy points because that's what we want. We want the most fantasy points. So – these guys then are then ranked total touches, um, your total yards, and fantasy points. So we've got Rashin Ali, number one. He uh, ranks fifth in touches with 20 and six in yards with 131.5. Ashton Genty at Boise State. He's at 21, third in touches, 125.3, and three in total yards. Uh, Halani's been out. Ashton Genty's been eaten. Uh, it's going to be hard to put the toothpaste back in, you know, the, I don't, not a bottle, the put, tube. Put, put, put the horse back in the barn after he's gotten out. Yeah. The, you know, honestly, or, put the Ferrari. Case, the Bronco. Take, yeah. <laughs> the Bronco or take the Ferrari. You can't put it back in the garage now. It, it, he's out and, um, He's just got to be out there all the time because he's just so dynamic and, and brings a lot to this Boise State team. And they're starting their, you know, Mountain West action. So he should be a staple in all your lineups. Marcus Carroll, Georgia State. He ranks second in touches and seventh in total yards. And he's been a bully on the on the ground. I'm excited to see what he continues to do. This year with Georgia State, they've been putting together a pretty solid season here. Then we talk about uh, Blake Watson for Memphis, 18.6 total touches, ranks eighth, and 141 yards per game, ranks fifth. So like you said, he's putting it all together. Um, I did a little write-up about how I thought he was a kind of a dark horse guy. Um, I think we talked about it week one or week zero, I'm not sure which one it was, but talked about his being in high school. He was a receiver and got switched to running back at Old Dominion. So yeah. you could, can, you're seeing a lot of those catches out of the backfield, and it's helping out there at Memphis. And then we've got the guy that ranks in most most touches at 26. And that's Nate Noel, App State. They like to run the ball. He's been churning it up. 
Also, first in yards per game uh, with 150, just lacking the touchdowns. Um, but overall, volume monster. Um, then we've got a new guy to the list, Harrison Whaley from Wyoming. So he was an NIU transfer originally from Johnston, Iowa, which is – I'm originally from Ankeny, Iowa, where uh, J.J. Cole's from, went to my high school. Um, but Harrison Whaley played in our conference and went to NIU. Now he's over there at Wyoming. Pretty solid game there. Only one game sample size, but you can see he had 18 touches for 110 yards. He's yeah, already he breaking the Texas. top 20. Yep. So, so it, was, he, it was pretty stout competition too. So then another new name here is Karon Lynch Adams from UMass and the Minutemen. Again, one of those teams that probably thought we're going to be one of the worst teams in the nation. And hey, they're not actually that bad. They can move the ball. <laughs> That's you know about as much as I can say about the Minutemen. Um, but he has an 18 total touches, ranks six and 102.5 yards per game ranked six. So Malik Jackson at Jacksonville State is next. Then we've got um, Elijah Gilliam at Fresno State. I think we're having a butting of the heads, so we'll see how this plays out. I, th- I think Sherrod comes back and eats into the volume. Justice is on the side of, hey, I think this might be Elijah. Elijah Gilliam's. Uh, I, I mean, I hope it's Sherrod because I have him in a couple spots, but um, I'm I'm thinking maybe it's not. He's just going to be more of a change of pace. But hey, we'll see. And then we've got uh, the electric freshman Jalen Buckley there at Western Michigan, and then uh, Buckley. Um, you know his numbers have come down significantly since week one, but you know they they played some pretty tough competition, and so hopefully with the matching. Coming up, he can get back you know on. Back I'm on so track. excited to watch the back this year. Two years ago, it was electric. Last year, you know, it was kind of a disappointing year in general watching the Mac. And I'm excited. I'm excited to watch yes. the Mac. I think it's going to be back to Maction, to true action Maction. The game that I really want to see is Toledo and Ohio because Toledo's got a pretty good defense, Ohio's got a pretty good defense putting that together um i just watched a deal about the what they call it 12 percent or 15 percent rule uh, did you see this justice I didn't. no i didn't so ohio brought in a a theme i think it's 12 percent where you've got like fumbles interceptions sacks and then like two other things and you divide your total plays by that and it's supposed to be less than 12 percent if it's less than 20 if it's less than 12 percent then you've given yourself an 88 percent chance to win the game nice so it was something interesting if you want to go check it out i'll try to put i'll try to find it and post it on our our twitter so then uh a last guy here is uh kamani videl troy so we've got a team that's throwing the ball a lot, and he's also getting 18.3 touches per week, which ranks 10th in the G5, and 143.3 yards, which ranks 4th. So he's just not getting all the touchdowns there in Troy. But those are you know, the, the guys running back-wise that you need to know. Uh, and again, take notice there for Harrison Whaley, K-Ron Lynch-Adams uh, as two new guys who have – hit the uh 
hit the graphic this week. All right, uh, moving on to the wide receiver. So last week we had a total of 12 wide receivers that checked both boxes. Uh, this week we're down to 10, um, but we do have two new guys this week. Um, so I, I talked about him earlier. Uh, the first player I want to talk about is LeJonte Wester, Florida Atlantic. Um, he is number one in targets. Um, and number 10 in yards per game. Um, as we said before, Casey Thompson is out for the year. Daniel Richardson will be moving in. And so we just hope that uh, Wester can keep up this uh, this torrid pace here um, and get, get some chemistry with Daniel Richardson. Um, now, Richardson was in, um, in camp well before Casey Thompson, so it's not like, you know, the receivers don't know um, you know, haven't really played with him much. Um, and he was expected to be the starter until Casey Thompson transferred in. So I, I, I hope and expect maybe it'll be somewhat of a seamless transition, but, you know, stay tuned to that. Uh, the next player, uh, Luke mentioned earlier, who had an outstanding game this week, and that was Torrey Horton, uh, Colorado State. Like, like Luke said, uh, like everyone knows, he's getting the ball and he's, you know, they just couldn't stop him. Um, he is uh, second in targets with 14 per game and fourth in yards um, with uh, the Mountain West Conference starting up and, you know, no more uh, P5 teams on the schedule. I, I you just expect uh, lights out here for Mr. Horton. Um, next up, uh, Eric Brooks, who I mentioned earlier with his quarterback, also in the uh, top producers list here. Um, and, and I think you'll notice that as a theme, um, almost every, not, not all of them, but over half these receivers, their quarterbacks are also in the top 20. So, uh, but Eric Brooks, Fresno state, uh, he's clearly the, the number one option there, uh, for Fresno state. He is third in targets, second in, in yards per game. Uh, next up, Joshua Cephas, UTSA, um, even with Frank Harris out, right. Cephas had a, Cephas had a good game for UTSA. Um, it'd be interesting to see if how when DeCorian or JT, I think as he's going by now, Clark um, returns, how that's going to impact Cephas and uh, what he's doing uh, as far as targets and yards. But for right now, he is sixth in targets, 15th in yards per game. Um, next up is a new player, uh, Eric McAllister, uh, Boise State. Um, who had, a, who had an outstanding game this past week. He ranks uh, seventh in targets and 18th in yards per game. Um, and Mr. McAllister was available in a lot of waivers in my league. So check your waiver wire to see if he's available there. Uh, next up, Doran Burgess, Georgia Southern. Um, you know, him and Caleb Hood are, are two guys that uh, kind of run neck and neck. But right now, Burgess is kind of the man, similar to like last year. Um, Burgess is averaging uh, 9.7 targets, 91 yards a game. And again, I'll expect that to continue when, when they, as they get into Sunbelt play. Uh, next up is our only other uh, new um, wide receiver to the list this week. And that's Louis Brown, the fourth at Colorado State. Um, it'll be interesting to me to see kind of how it plays out between him and Justice Ross Simmons. 
Um, that was a that was a. I was expecting more from Justice Ross Simmons. He got a lot of targets, didn't have a lot of catches. So it'll it'll be it'll be interesting to see kind of how it plays out between those two moving forward, right? Um, Louis Brown the fourth was also another waiver uh, ad prop, popular waiver guy in, in most of my leagues this week as he was not rostered, but he ranks tenth in targets and eleventh in yards per game. Uh, keep in mind that Colorado starts only played two games so far to this point as they had a bye uh, the week before. Um, next up is Luke's guy, Sam Pinckney at Coastal Carolina. Um, he's still kind of living off that big week one, um, but him and Brown both seem to be viable plays on a on a weekly basis for Coastal Carolina. Uh, but Pinckney ranks 12th in targets and 16th in yards. Um the uh, this guy was much higher up uh, prior to this week, but again, we said as we said it in the and we talked about the quarterbacks. Hawaii played Oregon, and so um, while Ashlock didn't like, he had a decent game, but it wasn't. I think he had uh, in one PPR. I think he had like eleven or twelve points. For, yeah, so. well, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible, um, but it was not like it's not what we've grown to see from him in the previous weeks. But like as Luke said, they're playing New Mexico State this coming week, so. So wheels up for Mr. Uh, Ashlock. Uh, next up, Gage Larverdane, Miami, Ohio. Um, as uh, Luke alluded to earlier, um, not necessarily the best game from him this week, but you know I, I fully expect that he will pick those numbers back up with Maxion starting. He is number one in yards per game with 144.3, and so fully expect that to continue with Maxion coming up. And then last on this list, um, who we've talked about a, a couple times, just due, due to the injury to Devin Vosen, um, Colin Lacey is going to be the man. And you can, I think you can expect his numbers to just increase as they move forward. Um, if there is a negative, you know, I feel like South Alabama's pretty much been in control of their games to this point. So they haven't had to sling it around a lot. Um, We'll see. We'll see what what happens moving forward as they get into Sun Belt play. But Mr. Lacey is 18th in targets, but uh, fifth in yards at 101 uh, yards per game. And so those are those are the 10 receivers that uh, are in the top 20 volume in terms of targets and yards per game for the G5. And now we're going to move over to uh, Luke to talk about the tight ends. Everyone wants to hear about the tight ends so, so much. Everyone's been hurt by tight ends. We've got Gadsden, you know, Liz Frank injury. Luke Lachey. Uh, Luke Lachey, I believe he's got a torn ACL. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of injuries here in the in the uh, college football landscape. So here are some names that maybe can – can help you out. So I'm going to add in, um, I'm going to roll right into waivers along with the tight ends. So here, if you're uh, watching, you'll see the name school targets, yards per game, a dot points per game um, that they're averaging. And then their roster ship. So only two of these guys of the two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve 12 that I have here are rostered more than 30%. So I do not have roster ship next to them. Uh, so they should be um, taken in your leagues, but always go and check to make sure somebody hasn't uh, 
overlooked them. So these are ordered uh, targets per game, yards per game. Then I want to look at the ADOT because I want to see, are they just getting dump-offs or are they actually running routes? Uh, and then, again, points per game I have there. So I ordered these starting with targets per game, yards per game, and then actual receptions. So if you're in the top 20 for the tight ends in those two buckets of targets and yards per game, you made the list. That's what we want. We want volume. And we want yards, so we want the points. And then, like I said, I ordered these based off of receptions because obviously targets are great, but I need you to catch the ball to get me more points. So, number one, Dallin Holker, Colorado State, had a huge game. I uh, don't think this is a surprise name, but I was su surprised to see that he's only 29% rostered, so he meets our threshold of 30% or less rostered. And he's averaging 21.3 points per game, kind of buoyed by this last week, but he can ball out. Then we've got Tanner Colzel. Then Ball State with Brady Hunt out, he's still the guy. He's getting 7.3 targets per game and averaging 48.3 yards per game, uh, good for 12.33 points per game. He's rostered more than 30%, so I do not have a number for him. Just go out check. A new tight end to the list this week, Marshall's Cade Conley. Averaging five targets per game, 57 yards, 6.8 A dot, good for 10.2 points per game. His roster ship percent is six. If I can get 10 points out of my tight end, I'm pretty happy right now. And they got a lot of injuries, like I said. So I would uh, maybe look at Cade Conley this week. You've got JJ McAfee from Georgia, Georgia Southern. You've got Bryn throwing the ball around. Hey, He's another option, 5.6 targets per game, 35 yards per game, not a lot. 8 out of 6.3, so he's actually running something. He's averaging 10.5 points per game. Uh, his roster ship is 13%. Another guy who's not eligible for the, the waivers, but go out and check, is Mark Redman. Um, SDSU, he's averaging 5.25 targets per game, 41 points. Or uh, 46 yards per game and 9.1 a dot. So he's getting getting down the field. That's only 0.2 yards behind Dallin Holker's 9.3, uh, and he's giving you 11.48 points per game. Uh, two new guys here coming up for this week. We've got Justin Jolly from UConn, uh, 6.3 targets per game, 41.3 yards per game, 7.9 a dot giving you 7.3 points per game. His roster ship is 3%. This next guy is only rostered in 1%. And we, again, his quarterback's on the list. That's Bryce DeMoss out of UAB, only getting four targets a game, but 36 yards. He's kind of getting some dump offs at 4.8, but he's getting you 9.6 points per game. Then a guy that I really like here is... Uh, Harold Fannin Jr., Bowling Green State, um, five targets a game, 48 yards, 5.2 A dot, gives you 10.5 points per game, and his roster ship is at 20%. Uh, so he's, he's got a several years of eligibility left, so a guy that I, I like there. Uh, University of Louisiana Lafayette, Neil Johnson, is rostered in 1% of leagues. 
six targets, but he's not bringing in a lot of targets. So down here, it's like, hey, buyer beware. 32 yards per game, 5.4 a dot. He's getting you six and a half points. Hey, it's something. We're we're digging deep. Yeah. Then a guy that I'm kind of intrigued by, he's got an eight out of 10.7, but he's only getting 30.3 yards per game. He's getting almost five targets a game at 4.6, rostered in 1% of leagues. He's getting you six points a game, but Trey Watson from Fresno State, again, another guy whose quarterback is in that 2020 bucket. So um, he might be somebody to watch. Maybe not pick up yet, but watch. And Neil Johnson, again, is one of those watches. And uh, then David Martin Robinson, he's in 21% rostered. He's averaging just about eight points per game, 7.93. He's getting you 5.3 targets. He's just not always bringing them in. That's uh, the tough part here with David Martin Robinson. But he's getting 42.7 yards per game and running it routes at a a dot of 10.4 so he's getting down the field so that's what you want to see and again his quarterback is in the 2020 bucket then we've got jeremy tate jr he's new to the list at a middle tennessee state he's averaging 4.6 targets per game 43 yards an eight out of 7.8 uh 9.3 points per game and zero percent roster ship so these are definitely in the mud i would probably Neil Johnson, Trey Watson, David Martin Robinson, Jeremy Tate Jr. Just kind of wait. I mean, I can see if you want to take David Martin Robinson, um, but I my I think my cutoff there is uh, Harold Fannin Jr. at Bowling Green. Uh, thoughts on any of the tight ends there, Justice, and rolling right into those waivers. The uh, so the only tight end that. On your list, uh, that I'll maybe throw a little bit of a word of caution is JJ McAfee, um, because uh, Upshaw is there from Kentucky, and he did get some run this past week, um, and he I thought he looked really good, Keaton Upshaw. I thought he looked really good in the spring game, so I'm wondering maybe if he does if them two kind of cannibalize each other for lack of a better word. Um, but I mean, it, it, to me, it's it's criminal that Holker um, is not thirty percent owned. That that's the same with Fannin. Um, I feel like they're going to be, you know, two two top ten potentially tight ends in all of CFF, you know, by the end of the year. So um, I'm kind of shocked that those two guys are still on, on the list. And, and Hulk Holker's a big dude, you know. Um, I didn't realize how big he was until I watched the game this past week. And, um, and fast. Yeah, I mean, I think he's got some uh, NFL future, NFL potential. Yeah, so those are, you know, the tight ends that meet our 2020 bucket and for the G5. And then there are uh, our waivers because they're kind of a lot of them are available. So just want to add those in it. Justice. You want to take it away on your waiver wire targets for wide receivers? Yeah. So um, I got, I think, seven or eight receivers here to kind of mention that uh, are less than 30% owned um, in on, on fan tracks. And the first guy, um, he wasn't in our top 20 bucket last this week, but he was 
uh, last week, and that's Jamal Bell, Nevada, um, averaging 16.2 points per game in a one PPR league. His uh, roster ship is up from 12% to 15%, um, but he is their clear uh, number one target there for Nevada. Um, this next guy, um, you know, I, I fully expect him to be uh, 30% or more next week. Um, he jumped from 16% to 23% this week. And with the injury news about Devin Vosen, um, Colin Lacey, he's, he's the man for South Alabama, averaging 22.7 uh, points per game. And I fully expect he will be uh, – he won't be on this list next week. I expect he'll be over that 30% mark. Um, another guy who was in our uh, top 20 bucket last week for uh, wide receivers, but then kind of dropped off the list this week was uh, Dante Wright um, at Temple, um, 11% up from uh, 9% last week, 13.6 uh, part points per game. Um, this next guy had a monster week. Um, for Georgia State, and that's Robert Lewis. We, we've talked about him previously and stepping into that Jamari Thrash role as the uh, wide receiver one for Georgia State and for Darren Granger. Um, he's only owned 13% of the leagues, um, averaging 25.23 points per game. Um, this next guy who's on a bye this week, so I don't know that he's going to – and he's right there almost at 30%, at 26% owned. Um, so he might not get there this week because of the buy, and that's uh, Jamori Macklin at North Texas. Um, yes, he is related to Jeremy, Jeremy Macklin. Is it are they brothers or? I believe cousins. Okay, but there's there's a relation. Uh, he's averaging nineteen point six points per game, but again, like I said, uh, North Texas is on a buy this week, so I don't know that his, he's going to get over that thirty percent this week. Um, Next up is this. Uh, we talked about. I talked about him when we did the uh, in our top tw- in our top twenty, and he fit both buckets there. And uh, that's Lewis Brown, the fourth Colorado State. As I mentioned when I talked um, about him in our top producers, he is available pretty much in every wave- waiver wire. He is only one percent owned, and he is averaging eighteen point three points per game. And the last receiver I want to talk about. I also previously mentioned in our uh, top 20, so he checked both of those boxes, and that's Eric McAllister out of Boise State. He's only 2% owned, and he is averaging 16.93 points per game. Um, So all those guys, you know, if they're available and you need wide receiver help, they all should, you know, be rostered. The Dante Wright one kind of surprises me. Um, I figured he'd be more owned, but I did – Fact check, and yes, Macklin is the cousin of Jeremy Macklin. So, nice. and he and he, he was at Missouri. He transferred down right to to North Texas um, last season. So, all right, on to the running backs. My running back waiver ads are Karen Adams, UMass. We talked about him on the twenty twenty. He's getting the volume. He's uh, got nineteen touches per game, one hundred and two point five yards per game. 16% owned and 16.35 points per game. Kalen Black, JMU, 14.6 touches per game, 98.6 yards per game, 8% owned, good for 13.93 points per game. 
the, the one thing I'll say about Black is I think he's the most talented running back, but they're they're sharing the ball there with him and uh, Tyson Lawton, and it looks like Lawton might be the uh, the goal line guy. And then we've got uh, Kentrell uh, Bullock, South Alabama, fourteen point six touches, seventy three point six yards per game, one percent owned, good for eleven point four points per game. So here are the running backs I'm looking for about like you know a week or something from you, give me 10 points and I, I won't be too upset. Uh, Gavin Garcia, Kent state, 19 touches per game, 79.3 yards per game, 2% owned and getting you 11.93 points per game. A guy that I really like is a freshman, Makai Hughes at a Tulane, getting you 15 touches a game, 72.3 yards per game, 7% owned, point seven three points so i i mean it's more of a deeper stash um but he's been getting a lot of good run here um lately in games and when they played old miss two weeks ago like he got it all so yeah. um, um, Sh- shady clayton johnson did get the start this week but but hughes outperformed him so uh maybe more of a deeper stash he could be serviceable this year, but maybe more of a next year guy. But Makai Hughes, uh, a guy who's in our 2020 bucket, uh, Malik Jackson, 16.3 touches per game, 98 yards per game, 24% owned, and gets you 15.43 points per game. And then Keith Willis LaTeX, 14% ownership. 11.4 points per game. He's only giving you 9.25 touches and 62 yards. So that's my hesitance. You're not getting a lot of touches there, but if you, you need, if you need something nasty, Keith might be your guy. The, uh, the, the, the concern I have with Willis too is, um, you know, he got a lot of run due to injury. And uh, I think uh, Thornton was back this week. Um, I think Crosby is still out. Yep. yep. So we'll kind of have to see how that running back room shapes up uh, moving forward with uh, with the those three headed the three headed monster, so to speak. But I would say if you only get four waiver pickups, the only guy I would want to pick up is Karen Adams. Um. But even then with only four waiver pickups, I'm probably not utilizing them. But I think that's the only one I feel very confident in. And if you've got a waiver pickup that you are just holding on to, Makai Hughes might be somebody to look at like towards the end of the season and see how, how he's performed. But if you've got unlimited waivers, I mean, this is for unlimited waiver pickups. Um, like I said, just trying to find about 10 points out there. Slim Pickens on the waiver wire under 30% this week. All right, Justice, you want to bring us home with quarterbacks? All right. So um, all the points per game for these quarterbacks are based on four points for a passing touchdown. Um, how Mikey Keene is still on this list is kind of surprising to me. Um, maybe he won't be next week, but uh, – Last week he was twenty six percent owned. He bumped up to twenty seven this week, so maybe he'll he'll get over that thirty percent mark. But uh, you know he's been he's he's been consistently in our our top twenty uh, buck bo- both buckets for the G five. He's averaging eighteen point three points per game. 
Um, this next quarterback is also on our list, um, and that's Jacob Zeno out of UAB. Um, his ownership has his ownership went up drastically over uh, the previous week. So last week he was only five percent owned. He is now up to seventeen percent, and he's averaging twenty five point two one points per game. As I mentioned earlier, he is the top yards per game quarterback in the G five. Uh, next is Joey Aguilar at App State, um, taking over for the injured Ryan Berger, um, and he's played well. Um, Berger might not get that job back, um, but uh, Aguilar is up uh, to four uh, percent this week. He was only on one percent last week, and he's averaged just under twenty four twenty four points per game at twenty three point nine seven. And I could be mistaken but i also don't believe he's thrown an interception yet and his passing completion is up there pretty pretty high for app state yeah um this next guy it totally shocks me that he's only 10 percent owned and and that's tj finley at texas state um yeah uh i mean he's the starter in a pass happy offense um he needs to be owned. I know a lot of people were high on Malik Hornsby, and Malik Hornsby did get some run this week, but that's because of their their opponent, right? And you know, and so it was a blowout. And, and boy, did he get run! Like he yeah, just ran the he ball. Ran. Um, I mean, it, it's from a fantasy perspective, um, I can fully understand why people want to see Hornsby, right? Because because of his rushing ability. He would be absolutely bonkers in that offense, but clearly, is you know he's not the best quarterback in the eyes of uh, of Kenny and his staff. Um, and and Finley has done nothing has done nothing wrong, and so I fully expect uh, Finley to kind of to kind of be the man. Um, next up, uh, this guy is zero. I'm assuming it's 0% owned simply because of a rounding thing, because I know he's owned in some leagues for sure. Um, but that's Bryson Daly at Army. Um, you know, he's not, he's probably not going to give you anything super crazy, but with his rushing ability, he's going to be fairly consistent. He's averaging uh, just a shade over uh, 23 points per game. Um, this next guy also. Um, I'm kind of shocked that he's still only 22% owned um, because when it comes time for action, he is criminal. He's going to eat, man. He's going to eat. He's going to, he can be a fantasy league winner. And that's Burt Emanuel Jr. at Central Michigan. Um, His ownership did not go up over this past week. He's still only 22% owned. And he's only averaging 21.7 points per game, but they played a pretty tough um, non-conference schedule. Um, you saw what he did in uh, week two against the FCS opponent, and that's what I expect from him um, moving forward as we go into Maction. Guys, we should not be talking about Burt Emanuel next week. Yeah, come on, we, let's pick we definitely him up. should not. Um, and these last two guys are were both in our in our top twenty buckets, and that's Cole Schneider at Buffalo, only at six percent owned, averaging a shade over twenty one points per game, and then. Um, this one like really puzzles me. So Keon Jenkins at Florida International last week he was <laughs> last week he was one percent owned. Well, this week again I'm sure it's a rounding thing, 
but he's zero percent owned um, in fan tracks, and he's averaging you know the same as Snyder, uh, just a shade over twenty one points per game. And so, you know, th- these guys that are in our top twenty buckets, uh, you know, for volume, th- you know, they need to be rostered. Um, and so, yeah, if you're if you're looking for quarterbacks, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be a. I mean, I guess if there was one guy, maybe I might be hesitant to spend a waiver wire pickup on, especially with his limits, it would be Bryson Daly at Army. Yep. But but the rest of these guys are, you know, if you're needed quarterback, they're definitely worthy of being on a roster for sure. Absolutely. And, and they can help you on a weekly basis. All these guys, I mean, with the exception of uh, McKee at 18.3 points per game, like everybody's at above 20. And that's kind of like that threshold of like, you didn't lose me a week. That's right. that's what I need, but McKee's got a lot of upside here with uh, Mountain West starting. But that is going to wrap it up for us tonight. That is the G5 Hive. Make sure you go out. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at G5 Hive. That, that's it. Next week we'll be going through. Uh, we're gonna go full bore with that sweet, sweet, oh, so sweet nectar uh, that we'll have from the G5 on the week four games, and bring you all of the news for you, our swarm, uh, that we can find concerning the G5. That'll do it for us tonight. I'm Luke Probasco. That's I'm, Justice. I'm Justice. You can find me at Justice underscore two three one eight on uh, X, Twitter, or whatever you want to call it. So, you know, I'm and I'm at Probasco Luke on Twitter. I mean, it says X, but then when you direct people to it, it still says Twitter. So I'm going to go with it still a tweet <laughs> and in Twitter. But uh, that'll do it for us tonight. I think I've said that about three times. Still working on this outro not sure how i'm gonna rebound from this but we'll see if i can rebound next week uh good night and buzz buzz